Hello, everyone. This is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast. I want to welcome everyone for tuning in to this exciting episode. And of course, I could not have this possible without my dear friend, John. John. And it wouldn't be possible for me to have a good day without starting this podcast with you, my friend. Hello, everybody. Hello, John. It's an exciting day. And today, we'd like to finish up the series that we have started about gamification. Mm -hmm. The The word that I learned from you. That's right. The games that we play. I want to review everything that we learned, get some ideas for the future, and hopefully enrich your life with the tools that you can use in your business, Mm -hmm. in your personal life, with the knowledge that you know about gamification. So, John, what is gamification? Do you remember? I do remember. Okay, well, tell me. If you, uh, you, you, you were here, you were the my conversation partner throughout the last two episodes. So what have you learned about gamification that you can use in your life? Well, I've learned that if you want to get people interested in participation, you need to create a series of opportunities for them to achieve, to be recognized for the achievement, to be able to have a, if you want to call it, a stat sheet that shows where they have progressed and where they have been recognized in that progression, where their stats are showing up on a leaderboard, they're climbing higher and higher and higher, and as they're going through the gamification process, they have a higher degree of enthusiasm because the game stimulates them to keep coming back. So we have what I like to call the dopamine effect as well. The dopamine effect. I love that term where the brain takes a bath in a dopamine. And isn't that what we're after? Where mm-hmm. our brain is looking to find pleasure, avoid pain, and keep going. Isn't that right? It's an energizing thing. It, it is. And, but we also know there's a big difference between actually games, uh, reward systems, mm-hmm. and gamification. Yes. And now, yes, go ahead. Well, I was just saying gamification is not to be looked at the way we look at the games that we play no, on no, things no. like you know PlayStation and Sega. But rather, gamification is simply the process of utilizing this uh, immediate feedback, achievement, leadership, these things that allow us to be able to (laughs) allow us to be able to really get into doing something. And I like the idea that it transcends the purely game aspect. That's right. And it actually can become something applicable in your personal, professional life, and in your family life, and in your relationships with people as you go through the process of exactly. living it's, your life. It's, it's, it's about breaking the pattern. Mm-hmm. It's about breaking the pattern how we approach life and how we approach yep. problems. Because right. when you break the pattern, I think better solutions come across. And I want to make sure that we, I understand this and you understand that and the audience understands that it's not about actual games. It's about taking the best that the games have to offer mm-hmm. and using it in a non-game environment. I like that idea. That's that's what it is. I also have come across a thought leader by the name of Amy Jo Kim. Are you familiar with her work? Amy Jo Kim? Yes. She she lives in California. She has a podcast as well. I think um, Achieve Alpha or Reach for, Reach for Alpha. I do recommend it, and she's she's been around. She has a PhD there as she well. Is. Yeah, yeah, Amy Jo Kim, and she has said that games are nothing more than skill building over time. 
Well, I know that for children, games are good for hand-eye coordination yes. and also good for problem solving and also detecting the ways or the nuances that help you to achieve your ultimate objective, whether it's mm-hmm. to take the castle or whether it's to create the perfect stack of blocks, whatever the games are. I'm not into the gaming process, although I do remember the early games that we used to play back in the days of Atari and yeah. back in the early days of Nintendo. That's when right. That's right. probably the most challenging thing that I took on was Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mario Brothers but, is uh, amazing. And you also have seen, I actually... There's another resource I want to point the listeners to. Um, this book by Shane Snow, and he talks about a Mario Brothers game. The book is called Smart Cuts. Smart Cuts. That's an interesting title. What, yes. What does that mean exactly? I mean, smart. I understand. As you as, cuts. Uh, yes. Are, as you can tell, what is the millennials obsessed about? What is the? Where do we see this people? Uh, People who are hungry for knowledge. That's what are it. they looking for? They're looking for an edge, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're, looking they look, an, they're looking for an edge so that they can they can win. They're looking they, for a way to get ahead. They're looking exactly. for a way to be the best. That's right. So they're looking. Uh, they're on this continuous quest for self improvement. Mm-hmm. Learning has been pushed down not our throats, but actually creating an environment that we just crave learning. We're looking for success, and we're looking for success to achieve it in any way possible, in the fastest way possible. Now, this book, Smart Cuts, Shane Snow talks about the subculture of certain individuals who are looking for the quickest possible way to do something. It's like this marathoners who are trying to get somewhere very fast or trying to mountain climb at the fastest possible known time. And it's about people who are pushing themselves to the edge of their ability. Hmm. And why do I bring this up? Because this is important for gamers. This is important for anyone who's interested to be a better person. If you can create an environment in your life, no matter what it is, the obstacle, no matter what is the problem, as a game, with the game elements, I think you achieve faster. And you you have something to tell your grandkids, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a game. Everything is a game. Uh, the way that you see life is a game. It's just um, a lot of times I also see... Another article that I'll actually like to point the listeners to, an article in a book and a TED Talk by this very famous game designer. Her name is Jane McGonigal. I do recommend it. It's about 20 minutes on TED. She talks about how games can prolong your life. In her book, Reality is Broken, she talks about people who are looking for games are looking to have some control in their life. Because a lot of... I don't know if you ever felt that sometimes you feel that your life is out of control or some aspects you cannot control. Perhaps maybe that might be something of of a connection to the niche that I talk about. People that I think feel that they are the most prone to being not in control of their lives and it really bothers them are people with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Because they're those things which they had done instinctively and had done through a process of repetitive reinforcement over the course of their lives suddenly find themselves unable to remember to do certain things. One of the things I noticed about mother in the early years of the Alzheimer's as it began to emerge, she was very much into word scrabbles, crossword puzzles, and other forms of games where she would sit and look 
at patterns and try to get them in organization mm-hmm. or try to remember what is a good example of this statement as it relates to a particular word and how does that word tie in mm-hmm. in a crossword function. My wife got me onto crossword puzzles. I don't do crossword puzzles every day simply because there are other things that I'm doing that I would rather be doing. For me, part of the gamification process is mastering the computer Mm. to the point that I can utilize its various tools to help create the environment that I want to create to significantly enhance my message and my image. But again, it is a gaming process because the challenges for me to overcome my still fear of the computer because I was not raised in a computer-minded generation. Right. So for you, you, this is a challenge. And it's a you have some ground rules. Mm-hmm. How do you monitor progress? So this is a very interesting application because this is your personal example. And I love this because if you can create a game out of a challenge that is difficult to do, number one, you relax. Because a lot of times, I myself included, when there's an obstacle, there's a high level of stress. And a high level of stress, what does it take? It takes away from your mental processes. You're not fully committed to the solution. You're thinking about stress. But when you make, play a game, you relax. And when you relax, you allow your subconscious, the treasure of the subconscious, to come up with the better solutions. I have an example. Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking too, though. In games, for me at least, there's a certain competitiveness to it. Competitiveness, yeah. Don't, I don't like the idea of not being able to comprehend the game mm-hmm. and therefore engage in the game. Uh, when you do card games, for example, and you're yeah. brought into a home with friends and you're introduced to a card game that's, it doesn't matter whether it's been around for decades or whether it's a card game that has recently been created by some mind who wanted to take like an ordinary deck of playing cards used for games like poker and gin yeah. rummy. And all of a sudden they want to create a game where you're playing with face cards or playing with numbers on the cards, yeah. creating a dynamic. The point is the game is twofold. First, there is understanding the game to the point that you can begin to manipulate it. That's right. First, and you have to know the rules. Mm-hmm. You have to know the environment. And it has to be clear. And then the you rules learn have to be clear. And once you can manipulate it, then you work on mastering it. You, exactly. That's the competitiveness part exactly. of it. Exactly. And I, this is an excellent point, John. The source that I have mentioned before, this researcher and this startup coach, Amy Jo Kim, she talks about exactly about the same mm-hmm. thing. She talks about the, the model of creating an environment where, first of all, user, your player, your contributor in your company, first they discover the game, right? This is number one. Then you, then there's the process of onboarding, mm-hmm. where you tell them, where you tell them the rules of the game. Um, and then the second one mm-hmm. is habit forming. You create a habit, uh-huh. and the last is mastery. So you take them through this process. Like I said, she said, all games are just skill building over time. Well, they are because if you continually work on them, you're going to get better. Yes. Uh, Professional athletes. Professional athletes. Get to where they're at because they must – there's a thing called reps. Yes. And those reps, like in football, for example, are going through the same thing again and again and again because – 
this play runs in a particular way. There's a specific pattern that has to be completed. Right. And you've got 11 individuals that all yeah. must think on the same plane. Yes, yes. And each one of them has a specific assignment that they must do. And they must do that assignment and execute that assignment accurately That's right. for the play to be successful. That's right. And so one of the things you hear people talk about when you watch a football game, and even in baseball, there is a design to creating opportunities for scores. Exactly. And yeah. this is all about gaming. It's, and it's an environment that people can achieve mastery because nobody wants to stay in the same place. Would you like to stay in the same place? No, I mean, no, you no. You want to keep going. I want to keep you want, going you want forward. To, you want I want to s- move further up the road to a better place. You, would you like to see how far you want to go? Absolutely. How far you can push this with your abilities, with your mm-hmm. skills. I think game if gamification of non-game applications allows us to bring a, sel- a self-sense of control to the environment that we cannot control. Mm-hmm. For example, you are you familiar with this application, Salesforce? It's a CRM type environment where it's a continuous relationship management where mm-hmm. sales representatives from companies um, able to manage the workflow and databases of their prospects, who they call on. So Salesforce creates a platform. If I'm a salesperson and I sell heavy machinery or software service, I use Salesforce to make sure I keep track of appointments, I keep track of who I talk to, when I talk to them, what did I talk about, when I'm going to talk to them next. is basically a design that introduces order when there's chaos. And a lot of times in our life that we have seen in business and in life, there's a lot of things we cannot control, a lot of things we cannot predict. And when we take the game design elements and apply it to business, we have a higher chance of success. Another application I want to mention is called Slack, SL. ACK, which is for mm-hmm. teams. It's also a startup as it's growing up. It's for teams to collaborate together. And it actually has an interface for, for, has a lot of game design elements, how people, how teams can talk to each other. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do see what you're trying to it's, say. It's uh, kind of like a platform for, for both organization, but also for brainstorming. Exactly. Exactly. It connects everyone together. And it's also this loop. Uh, there's always tasks to do. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a recognition and achievement. Um, this company that I have mentioned, men- mentioned to you before, Gartner. Do you remember mm-hmm. last time? I remember you talking um, about Gartner. They, it's an it's a analytics firm in, a, in the technology field. They have predicted that 80% of all attempts to bring game design elements in a business fail. application, 80% of them fail. Only 20% succeed if they keep going. Why do they fail? Most likely, there's many reasons why they fail. Maybe inattention to detail or lack of understanding the psychology of participants, but also not able... If you just put points, badges, or leadership, or avatars, and slap it onto the business process, or try to create a sexy appeal for something unsexy type of work, Mm -hmm. it fails. We also know that Gartner have predicted that by 2017, all applications in all business will have a common element. There's going to be mobile for the phones. Mm-hmm. It's going to be social, and it's going to be gamified. By 2017, every application will have those three elements. Hmm. Is that is that eye-opening? That's mobile? Mobile, social, 
and, and gamified. Right, and have a game element. So interesting, and, and that's what it is. Aren't you? Isn't that that's fascinating? Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those applications. It's a social environment, and Facebook is only growing stronger and stronger and stronger. Mark Zuckerberg cannot be toppled. I mean, this individual is just out there to take over the world. Well, I'm always impressed with a person whose mind never stops keeping ahead of things yeah. by always staying on the cutting edge. Yeah. Uh, use the application in business. Everyone has heard of Berkshire Hathaway. Oh, yes. Now, that's Berkshire, by Warren, Bar- um, Warren Buffett. Yes. Berkshire Hathaway is an interesting dynamic. It would not be where it is at today were it not for the fact that Warren Buffett was always the guy who wanted to think ahead of the curve. Yes. And in thinking ahead of the curve, there were two things about him that stand out as traits because I met him and talked with him personally. The first thing that I remember about Warren Buffett is that his You integ- met him personally? Oh, yeah. Okay. He, he's, I've had the opportunity several years ago to meet him in person when he came to Lakeland, Florida, to dedicate the new, at that time, newly built uh, regional office for Geico Insurance Company, which is one because of the, that's part of, that's one part of the of wholly owned subsidiaries right? mm-hmm. of, of Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. And so Warren Buffett, seeing Geico as one of his uh, great success stories, and Jules. he wanted to come and he wanted to give the people there at Geico praise, but also to challenge the people working at that office of the importance of remembering the keys to why the company is successful. And the first thing he reminded us of is integrity. He said integrity is not perfection because we're flawed human beings. Right. But he said if you always try to filter decision-making, action, activities, everything that you do through a integrity siphon or whatever you want to call it, even when you mess up, No one's going to see any shred of subterfuge or deceit in you, but rather simply that human element that we try, but we don't always succeed. The difference is we're doing it with the right motives. Now go back and try again, but never give up the motives. That's a great message. And that's a great message also for uh, games that we play, but also Mm -hmm. game design elements. And I think games allow us to keep trying in a safe environment. Because even if you fail, the game is designed to provide you a feedback loop that is habit-forming, that you are so hooked that you cannot wait to get back in there and keep on playing. And that was the type of thing they did with Duolingo. Duolingo. It's an excellent program. And have you checked it out? Or you will? Or I am going it to be some? checking it out because I have actually a desire to begin to understand the conversational language of Spanish. Yeah, it's perfect. Because yes. here, I live in Florida, and here yes. in Florida, yeah. the second language of Florida is Spanish. Because yeah. we have 35% of our population in this state yeah. is Hispanic. Exactly. And what is the percentage? 35%. 35%. That is amazing. And we that have a lot of children born here in Florida, but into Hispanic families who are bilingual already because yeah. they were raised to speak yeah. both Spanish and English. And they're amazing to see because already they have a leg up yeah. in this process of being able to be 
more engaged with more That's people right. and learn more from a cultural and societal and heritage as well as a faith-based and other forms too. The education system can be made better by this. And exactly. I just believe that uh, we need to give our children as much space as possible to learn and, and not just to play games, but to learn to succeed. And games can allow you to do that. And that's what I'm seeing in the schools now. Yeah. They understand the importance of games. and Games that are collaborative, mm-hmm. social, and equal opportunity for exactly. contribution. Plus, there's they, they minimize the feelings of inferiority. Exactly. Games allow us to engage with the world on a more meaningful level. And I like that you mentioned about Duolingo for audience members and listeners who haven't heard Duolingo, it's a platform to learn the language, to learn basically all the languages that are available uh, to the platform. If you're an English speaker, you can log in, create an account, it's free, and you can start learning conversational basic language. Let's say you're an English speaker and you will learn Spanish. You start at the very low level, you learn boy, girl, tomato, go, bread, road, building, and then as you go as you grow in your abilities, the sentences, the tests, and the learning becomes harder. And then the way when I was a user of the Duolingo actively, they have created hooks that keeps you coming back every day. Hmm. And I think that's part of the uh, design element that we can take from games and apply it in the real world applications. Because the Duolingo is free, but it pays you by teaching you the language but then it then it creates an environment and expectation for you to keep playing. Hmm. But essentially, where you with your new skills, you translate the internet. You translate from one language to the next. And the creators of this platform had games in mind. And that's what they started. We can learn from that. What I also want to make sure that I highlight is, let's say you're a leader. And you understand the importance of gamification. You understand that this is the topic that you need to understand. And if you don't know, ask the right questions or ask the experts. One of the things you can create is that, let's say you have an onboarding game or for the HR and training. A lot of times, and you've seen this probably in speeches, John, when you have an idea, right? Let's say you have an idea for a speech. Or Always have ideas for speeches. Right. Always. As a matter of fact... Did you want me to give you an idea of a speech? No, no, no. Uh, I just want to make sure that you understand the concept. Okay. Uh, and yes, you can give me an idea for a speech. But I want to make sure just because you have an idea for the speech doesn't always translate that other people will support your idea. Mm-hmm. And that is important when you create a game or you create an application that has game design elements. Test early. Test a lot early that you are comfortable a lot of times when you create something, it becomes part of you. You may even call it affectionately as your baby. Hmm. Your speech is your baby. Your book is your baby. Your product is a baby. Your work of art or creation is a baby. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, we what do we do? We protect our baby. Yes, we do. We don't want it to hurt someone to hurt it or someone to say some unkind words that will destroy it. Or also, when they attack your baby, it's basically an attack on you. Right. What I'd like to offer is... When you have an idea, test it. Give it out, even if it's not finished form, to the world in a crowdsourced environment as early as you can and collect feedback. As, because when you do something that is uncomfortable, you go an extra mile. And as you know, one of the motivational speakers said, 
there's no traffic in the extra mile. Do you remember that? This is true. There is no traffic in the extra mile yes. because everybody else is back there in the gridlock, but you have got the feedback and you have gone extra. That's right. You, you go on extra and you, you do something. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Mm -hmm. but, but you if, don't want it to be easy. But if you have mental fortitude to succeed, mm -hmm. games can help you. Game design elements can help you. But just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's going to have traction. So whatever the idea is, test it out. Mm -hmm. Create a network of distributed network all over the world and, and who are your ideal users and also part of your tribe who can provide you feedback that is honest. I also want to mention, if you want your application in the game in the game design industry to succeed or even in your business application, you got to make sure that it captures the hearts of your most passionate followers. If you think, oh, I'm going to create this product that's going to take over the world. <laughs> okay, possibly. But first step is you have to make sure you address your most loyal fans, the people who support you no matter yes. what. And you want to win them over as quickly as possible. Once you win them over, you have a chance to gain traction with the larger audience. That's a, this is something very important to remember. So test, test, get feedback uncomfortably early, early, capture the hearts of your most ardent and loyal fans, and then test, 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 build, build, build mm -hmm. from the inside out. And that's the lessons that we can take from Amy Jo Kim, which she has spent 20 years in the game design industry and there's something we can learn there's another interesting highlight i want to bring to this discussion is now that you have created a game or some kind of application that has game design elements for your business how do you get people to pay attention to you well if you have something that is compelling that has them hooked that they're excited about that they look forward to okay. and they can't wait to get back to it they, that automatically is going to mean that they're going to become loyal followers they're going to want to know okay what's he going to say next they can't exactly. wait for it exactly and i think what the the gem out of this uh, thought is unexpectedness i like that unexpectedness curiosity mm -hmm. you, I, I mentioned this to you before gap in knowledge creates pain for example, why is Facebook so popular? Why is Pinterest so popular? Why is LinkedIn so popular? Why is Twitter so popular? What, <coughs> what kind of mechanisms that exist in our brain or align with our brain patterns mm -hmm. that allow us to keep going? What do you think, John? I think I'm going to sneeze. Well, <coughs> bless you. Excuse me. <laughs> Are you okay? I don't know what it is about things like Facebook, Twitter. I'm going to throw Pinterest in there, too, yes. as well as, uh, obviously, LinkedIn and Instagram, even. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's because, and I heard this phrase one time, they're disruptors. Uh, now, let me use the term disruptors in this fashion. There are a lot of people <clears throat> that are involved in what would be considered systems that are predictable. But predictability is a problem because that creates a lack of interest. It's boring. We know what's going to happen. It's it's going to be the same thing again and again and again and again. It may be a perfectly good working model, but the thing is, it's predictable. On the other hand, with Facebook, there are algorithms in there that they keep adding 
that create an unexpectedness. And they create this opportunity for you to test those algorithms, to get feedback from them in terms of what you're testing, and at the same time to get people to join you in giving you their feedback and their comments. And Facebook has always been great at measuring the analytics of its respondents and staying on the cutting edge of what its people are thinking and wanting and knowing what they like, what they don't like. Exactly, and they continually improve. I think you hit a very important point. It's the unexpectedness. It's the unexpectedness. The the hook model that creates an interest Mm -hmm. is that unknown is the biggest draw. Absolutely. You have no idea what's gonna what's gonna come. Why do you think motion pictures are those kinds of things? That's right. They just leave you hanging, and you want to know. Okay, what's you know when when That's when's right. the punchline gonna come in? That's and don't you just love it when it comes to you, and it's an unexpected surprise. You yeah. thought in your mind you had it figured out. <laughs> You'd put the clues together, yeah. and then, wow, it was nothing like what you thought it was gonna be. Those type of movies stay with you for the rest of your they life. They do. You want like to go back and watch sense. them again and again. You know the six. six the, do you remember the six? Oh, sense? was it a great movie? It was a great movie. And I think of all of M. Night Shyamalan's uh, motion pictures and books to this day, the Sixth Sense is by far the most compelling. Most compelling. It was just well done. Mm-hmm. Well done on many different levels, and we know the unexpected level. I mean, it's a movie. It's self-contained. But what application can we use in real life when we design applications in our business or even games that we play? Unexpectedness. Because what that will create is the habit loop. Because you will keep going. What what is going to be next? And just the way that our brain works. Mm -hmm. Marketers know this. Manipulators know this. (laughs) Game design knows this. Now that you know this, you understand the hook that is created. And you have to be ethical. You have to be ethical oh, yeah. with, with this information. You cannot just create an environment where it's unexpected and you don't know what it is because you know how the brain of your consumer works. When you create an environment where it's unexpected and it's unknown, you create a hook. A hook that will take you for a while, but it's not enough. Remember what we talked about? When you create an environment, you got to make sure that you build skills over time yes. that leads all participants Contributors to mastery. Duolingo, uh, Samsung Nation, um, Nike Plus, Rocket Languages, all of those applications, they take you, Angry Birds, whatever the, whatever you think. They raise. That's right. They cause you to rise in your skill. That's right. They cause you to rise in your ability to go deeper and to take on greater challenges. Exactly. So you're never at a point where you are satisfied and content. And I'm not talking about content in a happy as opposed to sorrowful way, but it's you don't want to rest on your laurels. No. Uh, you've done well, but yeah. now there's another level. Let's get in there. Let's see what new things I can learn. Yes. Let's see where I can take it on the next level. And that's that's how you live. You live at the edge of your ability. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a key intrinsic motivational factor that allows you to create a better gamified experience in your life. And thanks for mentioning integrity because it's just so important that we remember in this process integrity is is the intangible but yet integrity's manifestation is clearly yeah. tangible 
in the positive results that it achieves. That's right. This is how we speak brave, John. Mm -hmm. We speak brave because we want to live brave. Exactly. And I appreciate you working through through this conversation with me and staying with me. And I appreciate everyone who's tuning in. You brought tears to my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just can't help myself. So, friends, subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends. And reach out to me. How can they reach you? They can reach me on Twitter at SpeakBrave, Mark Guy, or through Facebook at Mark Guy. Aren't you on LinkedIn also? I'm on LinkedIn as well. Thank you. Um, if you like this episode, let me know. If you don't like this episode and never want to hear from me again, <laughs> fine. Take a time. Your loss. <laughs> because we we bring the best that we have. And this is this is the episode. That's the idea. This is it. This is the journey that we're not afraid to ask the question that you have on your burning mind. And just to wrap up the gamification theme, friends, games make our lives richer. It allows us to have a control in our lives that we otherwise would not have. So next time when somebody says, this is not a game, Mark, you can look at them, smile, and say, well, it can be. (laughs) I'll see you next time.